Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Aloches. We're broadcasting from New York, from Long Island. We're continuing in Yoridea Chelgavos, Hilchas Hechshev Kalim, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Aleph. We're in the middle of the paragraph. We're up to the words, V'alkein Be'emes Yesh Hevdel Godo. Today's learning is dedicated Lili Nishmas, Sion ben Salcha, whose yard site was yesterday on the 16th of Sivan, and Lilu Nishmas Kalman ben Elias, whose yard site is today on the 17th of Sivan. And we dedicate the learning also Lilu Nishmas, Tuvia Brabisrol Yitzchok, Yurachmiel Daniel ben Gedalia, Rosa Bas Itamar. And for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Jonas ben Hilda, Leah Reina Basaviva, Aviva Chaya Basester Mendel, Saraleya Baschavaliba, Mazal Basahava, Rus Alexandra Esther Chaya Basluna Patricia, Yehuda ben Soramaya Chaya ben Rachel, Shlomanisim ben Mazel, Eitan Yoel ben Edna, Nisim ben Rithka, Yafa Ilana bas Leah, Yafa bas Dvoira, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Besoich Shar Choyle Rav Nosan Zal says, V'yalkein be'emes yesh hevdel godo ben hachiz shemekablem Yisrael al yidei achilosim v'brocha v'al piyatoira u'bein hachiz shalzulosim. And based on what we're learning here, we understand that there's a major difference between the spiritual energy and life that a Jew receives when they eat with a bracha and following all the mitzvahs of the Torah versus the energy of lahavdel non-Jews, others. Ki Yisroel mekablem chil samiti because a Jew draws real spiritual life and energy, which is holiness. And this is why when the Torah speaks about being alive, the Torah uses that term only related to Jews. You, the Jewish people who are deeply attached to Hashem, you all live. Whereas non-Jews, and Jews who don't observe Torah and Mitzvahs at even when they're physically living, they're called dead. As the Gemara says, because their life is not considered living. Because they don't have the ability to draw life from the source of life from Hashem in a measured, calculated, proper way. That's something that a person only achieves when they're eating based on the Torah. 
וזה בחינס צדיק אוכל לסויבה נפשון, ובטן ראשון תחסר. And this is what's meant by the passage that says that tzaddik eats to satiate and satisfy his soul, whereas the stomachs of Rishon are always lacking. Ki ho Rishon eilohem koyach lahazbiya nafshomu lachayusikoroi, because the Rishon, the wicked people, don't have the ability to satiate their soul <coughs> and to give it proper life. Since they are not drawing properly life from the source of life, because that's something that a person can only accomplish through the Torah. As Rabbi Nezal mentions in chapter 56 on Kutimran, which this halach is based on, that when, when a person is studying the Torah, they're calling Hashem. And they're availing themselves to be able to access life from Hashem. And this is what the Pasuk says in Chomish Dvarim. Man does not live on bread alone, but rather man lives on what comes forth from Hashem's mouth. The main source of true life is coming from the mouth of Hashem. Whereby we draw life from the source of life through the bracha that we make on the food. The bracha is bringing forth the mouth of Hashem. Because we have a rule usually that when we make a move down here on earth, that generates a corresponding move in heaven. And therefore, when we recite the bracha with our mouths, that activates the mouth of Hashem to enable us to be able to draw life, spiritual energy, through speech, to be able to draw life in a, in a measured, healthy manner. And it's through this that we draw real life. And this is what enables the food that we're eating to be able to infuse us with life. And this will also explain the difference between all the different types of forbidden foods versus those foods that are permissible to us. Because all of the forbidden foods are in the category, same category as the Eitz Hadas, which Hashem declared as forbidden. They do not draw from holy vessels, but rather 
they're drawing and connected to the broken, the shattered vessels. Which do not have the ability to draw life from Hashem properly. Just the opposite. By, by a person eating those foods, they're strengthening the sitra achra, shehi sitra demoisa, which is the side referred to as death. And this also explains why the Torah has declared forbidden non-kosher foods. And so too, foods that are very holy are also forbidden to ordinary Jews. For example, eating food from sacrifices, which only Kohanim are allowed to eat food from certain sacrifices, and truma, which is reserved only for Kohanim. The main reason why Hashem has declared certain foods as non-kosher, forbidden, is because those foods draw from the shadow vessels. And therefore, those foods do not have the ability to draw life from the source of life from Hashem in a healthy manner. And that explains why those foods that are very holy are also forbidden for ordinary Jews. To those who are not qualified to eat those foods, the those foods are considered to be very strictly forbidden, off-limits for us. Like truma and kochim, which we mentioned earlier. Because of the fact that those foods the foods from korbanos that are koidish kadoshim, or, or truma, because those foods have such exceptional holiness, the person, a, an ordinary Jew, a Jew who is not a kohen, doesn't have the power to be able to receive the the exceptional, the very high-level holiness and life that, that a person draws from those foods. And therefore, if a person who's not qualified to eat those foods will want to eat them, that person will cause a new shattering of the vessels. As we know, the famous rule that when you flood a, a light with oil, too much oil, it causes the light to be extinguished. That's an example of shattering, shattering vessels. And that's the main source from which the Sitra draws from. 
And this is why we find interestingly, when the Torah speaks about Kilayan in a vineyard, that if a Jew plants tavua, grain, in a vineyard right next to where grapes are being grown, that's considered Kilayakaran. And the Pesach says there, Ben Pentikdash Hamaleyah, because it might result in you having to burn, having to destroy the entire thing. But it uses the word Tikdash, Kodesh, Ki Isu Kilayan, Hurak Mahmas Hatarudis, because what makes Kilayan forbidden is only when you mix these two items, when you put them close to each other. Because each one individually, we're allowed to plant, a person's allowed to plant grapes, a person's allowed to plant grain. It's just that when seeds that are used to plant grains and 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 of grapes are mixed together, because of the fact that by mixing them together, they no longer have the power to receive the bright light which comes down through many diverse different products. And that's why Kilayim is forbidden like something very holy, like Kotshim or Truma. Bechinas, as the Pesach says there, Pentikdash Hamaleya. It uses the term Kodesh. Because that's why those holy foods like Kotshim and Truma are forbidden to an ordinary Jew because a regular Jew doesn't have the vessels to receive that high-level light that's coming from these holy foods. And, and if a person does eat it, it'll cause a shattering of that person's vessels. We'll finish this next paragraph, and then we'll take questions. Paragraph Bayes, Nimtza, therefore we conclude. She'ikr kedusha sachilas Yisrael v'alidea Torah that what makes a Jew's eating holy is the, the connection to the Torah. It's the connection to the Torah that draw, allows us to draw life and positive, healthy energy in a proper manner through the kalim of the Torah, through the vessels of the Torah the words and the letters and the vowels, it's when the person is connected to Torah and, and eating according to the Torah, then we're able to draw chiyas, we're able to draw life, spiritual life, through that eating with holiness. And this is why Rabbi Nazar writes over there in chapter 56, and we put him on, which this halach is based on, According to the das, the, the holy intellect that a person draws upon themselves through the study of Torah and by fulfilling the Torah, 
that will determine how easily that person receives their parnosa, whether their parnosa will be like the mon in the desert. Ki ha-parnosa v'ohachira v'gdusha v'chinas mon ho-kefi ha-das shemekavlem al-yedei because for a Jew to obtain holy parnosa, to eat with holiness, like the mon, is dependent on the das that the person is receiving from the Torah. Shehu ikar hachiyas. That's spiritual life. As the Pesach says in Kohelas, hachokma techaye ba'aleha. Chokma gives life to one who, who possesses it. And that's what enables that food the person's eating to give that person life. And this will also explain the importance of toiveling, dipping in the mikveh dishes that are acquired from a non-Jew, even if they're brand new. Because a Jew is required to sanctify those utensils that a person uses in eating, pots and pans and silverware. Because a major factor that will define the holiness of a person's eating is the holiness of the vessels and the utensils that they're using to eat, which they receive from the Torah. And this explains also why the, the way that we purify utensils, purify them and make them holy, is by dipping them in the mikvah. Because mikvah, represents a very high level of das and kindness, which we draw upon ourselves through the das of the Torah that we study and that we're connected to. As Rabbi Nizal explains over there in chapter 56, we know that when the Torah describes the incredible high level das that all the Jews are going to achieve when Mashiach comes, it says, Hashem, the world will be filled with knowledge and recognition of Hashem, like the water that covers the ocean floor. That's the concept of the mikvah, the deep waters. That that's what represents a very high level of das and rachamim. And this is why the Gemara tells us that words of Torah cannot acquire tuma, impurity. Because the Torah itself is das. The Torah is like a mikvah which purifies a person from all impurities. So therefore, mikvah is an example of that das and life that we draw from the source of life from Hashem through the Torah. 
ועל כן שון צריכים לטהר את כלי האכילה שקונה מהקום. And therefore it's there in the mikvah that we have to purify those utensils that we use in eating that, that are acquired from a non-Jew כדי לקבל חיוס האכילה על ידי כלם קדושים in order that we should be able to receive that life energy that we draw from our eating in holy kalim, whereby the holiness of these kalim, these utensils, is coming from the das of the Torah, which is what a mikvah represents. Because the most important thing is to sanctify the vessels, the utensils, because our ability to achieve holiness when we're eating is dependent especially on the holiness of the utensils that are being used. And this is the real benefit of the Torah. It's through the study of the Torah that we draw life from the source of life, from Hashem via these Kalim. Any questions, please? Good morning, Rav Nossin. Good morning. Um, firstly, thank you so much for making the share happen. We really appreciate it. Question, uh, regarding, um, going back to the previous paragraph, with Goim, Goim's eating, if they're keeping Shiva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, they don't have they don't have um, brachas and things like that. Could they still acquire? Could they still eat on quite at a level of holiness? Even certainly not the same level as a Jew. Maybe if they're fulfilling those mitzvahs, that's their connection to the Torah. Their connection to the Torah is at best seven watts. Our connection to the Torah is 613 watts. And each one of those 613 commandments has thousands and thousands of parts to it. Thank you, Ravnas. And the other two other points. The other one is regarding Das and Panosa. How do, how do I understand the fact that there are many great Tzadikim with huge, tremendous Das, I would imagine, but yet living in desperate poverty? The answer is that this is one of the major contributing factors to Parnosa, the Das. There are other factors also that come to play, so that even though the Das is there, it could be that Hashem wants this Tzadik's Olam Haba to be on the highest, highest level, and that requires forfeiting or, or limiting in a big way the Parnosa in this world, or other factors, we know that it's brought from Nosazal brings us in a number of places that Sadiqin choose to live by Midas Hadin in this world in order to make available all the chesed that they deserve that should be coming to them to make that available for the rest of Kal Yisrael. Thank you, Rav Nosazal. Sure. Paragraph Gimel. V'alkein ikra hatvila rak and this explains why, according to the written Torah, the main obligation to toivo kalim applies to metal kalim. <laughs> 
וגם כלי זכוכס שצריכים טבילה, הוא רק מהמה שגורמים לכלי מתוכס, כמבוא בדברה בסנצר. And the fact that glass also requires טבילה, glass dishes, is because they are similar in certain respects to metal cables. as is explained in me in the Gemara. Kiklei matochois hein bechinas ashiris. Rabbi Nosson Zal explains now, based on chapter 56 of the Kutuman, that metal kalim represent wealth. Ki ikru hu ashiris kolo bemini matochois shemehem kol hamadbeis v'hamomon shu ikru ashiris. Because Wealth, especially during the time of Rav Nassenzal, wealth is defined by gold and silver and, and precious metals from which all the coins were made of and, and all money. Because it's, it's in these metal utensils that you have all of the divine colors and lights, which are, for example, gold, silver, and other metals. That's the essence of wealth. We know, for example, those countries like the United States, where money is, this paper money, that paper money says on it that this money represents a certain amount of coinage, a certain amount of gold that's in the treasury. And it's for this reason that the Sitra is very, very much focused on trying to grab wealth. Because it's in wealth, in gold and silver and these precious metals, that these heavenly lights, these heavenly colors are found. And therefore, metal kalim, which represent wealth, which is where the sitrachra tries most to jump in and grab it to itself, with the sitrachra which opposes the holy kingdom, the Sidrachra tries to rise up through its major desire for wealth, and to have many, many dishes and utensils, in order to allow the Sidrachra to draw from those heavenly colors, and thereby hide the das of the Torah, from which the Holy Kingdom draws its life from, from the das, as Rabbi Nizal explains all of this over there in chapter 56 on the Kutim Ram. Alkin, therefore, when these metal utensils are leaving the possession of the non-Jew, the non-Jews who draw their energy from the kingdom of the Sidrachra, 
We cannot use those utensils to eat from <coughs> unless we first toivel it in the mikvah. Because by dipping them in the mikvah, which is this high-level das, that's how you purify those kalim, and they go out of the category of damaged wealth, which is what the kingdom of the sitrachras is all about, which is the opposite of the Torah, because what enables us to be able to draw upon ourselves the holy das of the Torah is the mikvah, which represents das Torah. And then after we've dipped these dishes, these utensils, then we're allowed to eat kosher food in them. Because it's specifically then, after these utensils have been toiveled, then we're able to eat with holiness from them. Which means we're able to draw from the foods that we eat. We're able to draw life from the source of life, from Hashem. And that's something that could only be accomplished when we're using proper holy vessels. And the holiness of these vessels comes from the Torah, which is like a mikvah. We know there's a pasuk in Tasha's Bolak when Bilam tried to curse the Jews, in one place there, he re- refers to the Torah, trying to think it's, it might be there or it might be in a shiro that's mentioned near there, where it compares the Torah to streams of water. It says, kanecholim mit, kanecholim mitoyu, that, that the Torah is compared to a nachal. And the Gemara says, just like a nachal, a stream of water purifies somebody from tomorrow, so too the Torah is like a stream of water. It's like a mikvah that purifies us. And now we go back to something we quoted in a previous year, that when Yitzhak Avinu is about to pass away, he tells his son Asa, take your kalim and go bring me meat to eat. So prepare good, delicious foods like, I, like the ones that I like in order that I should be able to give you a bracha. Yitzchak first instructed and warned Esau, first prepare your kalim with holiness. And only after that, that son of Kelecha lift up your kalim. And only afterwards, prepare for me foods that I like. Kashorahavdi, which the Zohar Kodesh says, from the mitzvahs asay, from the positive mitzvahs of the Torah. The Hainu, 
what Yitzhak Avinu was referring to was holy food based on the connection to the Torah. And we can only accomplish that if we've also first corrected the kalim, the, the utensils, the vessels. Bechina sono kelecha, lift up your kalim. Bechain dosh we find too, the, the Medrash says on this, sono kelecha, the Medrash says, bedoik sakinoch, ushchoit yofe, sholoitachileni nevela that what Yitzhak Avinu was saying to Esav was, check your knife carefully so that you'll do a proper shechita so that you won't be feeding me nevela. Nevela is an animal that died without a proper shechita. V'yalkein kora bedikas hasakim lahatzel minevelois b'shem kelim. And this is why the Torah refers to the checking of the knife that has to be done to make sure that the knife doesn't have any mix in it the knife that a shochet is using to shech an animal in order to save that animal from becoming nevela when you shech it with, with a knife that does have a nick in it or a problem in it. Ki ikar a'isur nevela yisur trefos u'macholim t'meim hu'machmashem v'bechinas pegam ha'kelim kana. The main reason why Nevela or trefo or other forbidden foods are forbidden to us is because they represent damaged vessels. And this is why the Gemara tells us that Yitzchok Avinu was hinting to Esau to shecht properly when Yitzchok used the words, lift up your kalim. Elevate the kalim. Ki ikar hulasakin hakalim. But Muslims are emphasizing this tremendously based on the Sifrei Kabbalah, that our most important mission is preparing kalim, proper kalim to receive Hashem's light. And that's what defines the holiness of the foods that a person is eating. And it's for this reason that all of these forbidden foods are off-limits to us, that they were trefa and other forbidden foods. And this will explain to us also what the Gemara tells us that at that incredible banquet that Achashverosh made, which is mentioned in the beginning of Megillah Esther, he took out the old vessels, Kalim Shonim, and the Gemara says this refers to the vessels that were used in the Beis Hamikdash. He took those out to use them in his party. In, in. As the Gemara expands on those words. Because the kingdom of evil is referred to as the kingdom of Haman Amalek, as Rabbi Nezal says this over there in chapter 56. And Haman drew his power, his Malchus, 
from the king, from the Malchus of Achashverosh. And this is why Haman and Achashverosh wanted to overpower and to defeat the Jews by get, causing us to stumble in eating. And they, they caused the Jews to commit sins in that, through that participating in that banquet. As the Gemara points out, and this is why they use the kalim of the Beisamikdash, because they were looking to damage the holy wealth, which is represented by the kalim and the Beisamikdash, which were from gold, and it's through these holy vessels that we're able to draw all types of bounty, all types of shefa to the, for the entire world through these holy vessels. However, a, an ordinary Jew is not allowed to use those kalim from the Beis HaMikdash. So that the person shouldn't be trying to take on too much light that they can't handle. But rather, we are only allowed to use those kalim within the framework of holiness inside the Beis HaMikdash. And then when we are using the proper kalim, the proper vessels, then we drawing shefa and pranosta to the entire world through those vessels. And who represent the kingdom of evil when they rise up against the Holy Kingdom, the Iker Hisgabrusom Livkoim Huashiras the Yushachasusham, and the main thing that they're looking to do is to damage our holy wealth. Alkain, Alkain, Hisgabru Vishtamesh Pesudasan Bukli Besamikosh. This is why these evil, wicked, wicked people, Rishulim, had brought out the kalim of the Beis HaMikdash to use in his banquet. Because the main damage is caused when the vessels that we're using are damaged. Because it's via those kalim, those holy kalim, that we're able to draw life from the source of life. And this will explain also when Esau was angry at Yaakov Avinu for, for getting the brachos instead of him. And Esau came to attack Avram Avi, Yaakov Avinu with his 400 men. Yaakov Avinu sends messengers to him. And those messengers are told to tell Esau, I lived with Lavan, 
in Lovon Garti, I lived with Lovon. I know what it is to deal with evil, wicked people. And then he goes on to say, that I had incredible wealth that are represented by this Esav represents the kingdom of evil because we know Haman and Amalek come from Esav. And the Sifrei Kabbalah explained to us that where does the Malchus of evil draw its power from? From Lovan. Lovan means white. Lovan who represents Loiben Ho'elyon, the divine heavenly whiteness. Hainu Ho'oyer Ho'elyon. This is referring to a very high level light. Kishayim Kalim Kedoshim Laham Shechor Vachius Badroga B'mida Koloi. When there are no holy vessels available by which the, the person would be able to receive Hashem's light and life in a good, measured, healthy way. Mishom Iker Yenikas Klipas And it's from these Kalim that are problematic. That's where Lovan draws from. And that's also where the kingdom of, of evil draws its power from. Bechinas, Esau, Hamon, Amolek, those are all part of the Malchus of the Sidrachra. And this explains why Yaakov Aminu, even though he wanted to get married, and he, wanted, he didn't want to procrastinate, but he would not go to the house of Lohan before he first studied Torah for 14 years, staying up at night. As the Gemara points out, as a result of Yaakov Avinu studying so much Torah, this enabled him to draw that very high-level light that's referred to as Loiben Ho'elion, the divine whiteness, to be able to draw that light in a very methodical way calculated way, as a result of the, the, the major Torah that the person studied previously. And then, when a person makes that kind of preparation, they study a lot of Torah before engaging the Sidrachra, then, not only did was Lovon not able to overpower Yaakov, but rather Adarab, just the opposite. Yaakov, his Gaber Kenegdoi, Yaakov Avinu was able to overpower the Tuma, the evil of Lovon, and Yaakov Avinu was able to rescue and to extract from the Sitrachra, from Lovon, all of the wealth and all of the holiness that the Sitrachra had swallowed up. 
Bechinas, as the Pesach says, Chayel Bola Vayikienu. He swallowed up a lot of power, but he was forced to give it back up. <clears throat> because Yaakov Avinu was able to turn around the super hastar, the super, super hiddenness of Hashem, which is what existed in the house of Lovon and Suel. Yaakov Avinu was able to turn that around completely in a positive direction to, to succeed in, in extracting from the Sidrachra all kinds of holiness that it had swallowed up. The Chinas Toila, that holiness is referred to as Toila. Shehi Bechinas Eishes Chayel, which is referred to as the woman of valor. Eishes Chayel, and the Pesach says Chayel Bola Vayekienu. So it's the Toila that helps bring about this result that all of the holiness that the Sidrachra had swallowed up previously is forced to give it back. As Rabbeinu Zal explains over there in Torah Nun Vav, the connection between this Eishes Chayel and Chayel Bola Vayikian. Shezeu Bechinas Rochel Valeo Shoritzio Mibes Lavan. Shehein Bechinas Eishes Chayel. Rochel and Leia represent this woman of valor. Bechinas Hatoyla Shehoitzi Mitoikev Hastoro Shebetoich Hastoro. Which Yaakov Avinu was able to take out from the house of Lovon, this place of the Sitrachra, this place of super hastoro, Shegenikoso Meriboyoyer. The, the Sitrachra, the Astoro Shebetoich Hastoro, draws from when there's too much light. Shezeu Bechinas Lovon, which is represented by the term Lovon, that whiteness. Voz, Keshitzgaber Keneged Lovon, Shu Shoyosh HaKlipo, and then when Yaakovina was zechet to succeed in overpowering the Tumah of Lovon, Lovon, who is the source from which the Sidrachra draws from, then Yaakovina also has the ability to defeat and eliminate the Malchus of Esau, who draws from Lavan. Lavan is the source from which Esau draws from. That's why Yaakov Avinu sent a message ahead to Esau, I lived with Lavan. And the word Garti is the same letters as Taryag. The Gemara Darshans, the Taryag mitzvah shamati, and I observed all 630 mitzvahs, even though I had contact with Lavan. Yaakov was able to turn around the hiddenness of Hashem into revealed Torah. And to be able to draw spiritual life from that divine whiteness in a measured, healthy way, by infusing that light and, and interacting with that light through the fulfillment of the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah, which represent the entire Torah. And Yaakov Avinu sent a message to Esau that because I was able to overpower Lavan, and, and to reveal the Torah in the Hastor Shabbat Torah, 
That's what enabled me to achieve all of this wealth. That's why I was looking to have oxen and donkeys. Because Yaakov succeeded in extracting, in taking out the wealth from the Sitra Achra and bringing it into the domain of holiness as a result of the fact that Yaakov Avinu drew life from that Loiben Hoelian, from that highest place, into vessels, into holy vessels. Alidei HaToyron, through the Torah, Shekhuwa Mitayat Mitzvah, which is comprised of the 613 commandments. As the Gemara expounds over there on that pasuk, that Yaakov Avim said, I lived with Lavan and I fulfilled all 613 mitzvahs. And that's why Yaakov Avim sent all of those cattle and sheep and everything as a gift to Esau, Lohidia, and he sent him this message, Lohidiyoi, to inform him, that Yaakov Avinu has the power to oppose Esau. Because Yaakov Avinu had already succeeded in defeating the source from which Esau draws his power. As a result of Yaakov Avinu drawing this divine life through the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah in a measured, positive, healthy way. And that's what prepared Yaakov Avinu to achieve holy wealth, which brought about the defeat of the kingdom of evil. Rabbein Zal of Anel in Kutimran chapter 56 quotes this Pesach in Kohelis, that to the sinners, Hashem has given them their, their, their mission is to gather wealth, to gather financial wealth. Kimavur calls as Rabbein Zal expounds on all of this well, in chapter 56 of Kutimran, I ensure. Baruch Hashem. Any questions? Rabbi, it sounds like we can get some uh, insight into the panemius of the fact that uh, in many cases, the wives are the ones who are taking, doing the tikkun akelim, the, the dishes and the, and the laundry and the cleaning. And, and we're talking about the, the chiyus, which uh, Chava was, uh, was uh, in Kochai. And, uh, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Exactly. That the, the woman's role in a certain major way is to assist in preparing Kalim. Kalim. Because we, as we, if you mentioned, if you recall, we once mentioned about the Seder plate on Pesach, that there are nine items at the Seder, the three matzahs and the other six items on the Seder plate, but it's the Kaira, that, which is the Malchus, which holds everything together. And the Kaira, the Malchus is the woman. Or Hashem.
wishing everybody a wonderful day and a wonderful Shabbos. Because I'm in the United States, we won't have the Shia on Friday, but I hope that we'll resume next week and meet Hashem on Tuesday morning. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. All the best.